radioinfluence.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Live Bold and Boss Up. This week, we take you on a little bit of emotional roller coaster with our guest, Lindsay Longo. She has a really inspiring story from a completely different angle that we've never had before on the podcast. Grab your tissue boxes. She overcomes cancer in a major way. She's a single mom. She's so successful at her job. Um, I just think it's a really awesome story and we learn a lot from her from a different perspective again, that we've never had before on the show. Right. She has a great story to tell and how she overcame all the things that she did, but also for all the listeners, um, it raises awareness on why we should pay attention to our bodies, get checked, um, do regular checkups. And if something doesn't feel right, then definitely get it checked out. So, um, here's her story. We can't wait to share it with you and um, stay tuned. All right, Lindsay, thank you so much for having us. Thank you for having us. We are so excited to talk to you. And this is, we're at Imperium Data. This is uh, Lindsay's company where she works and um, she's going to tell us her story. We're super excited. It's a it's an amazing story about her courage and strength and how she got to where she is today. So let's dive right in. So I started working in the IT reseller industry back in 2015. Um, worked for a previous company with Nick and Brian. And back in 2018, they started, decided to um, split off and start their own business. And back in November of 2018, I joined the company. So I've been with them since then. Awesome. Yes. Um, and side note, so we met Nick and Brian at Small Business of the Year last year, which you guys won. Yes, we did. Right, for your category. Thank you. So congratulations. That's huge. And, um, you know, they've been great in, in supporting us and NextPath. So great, great group, great company. So have you always been interested in tech? How did you get into no, tech? No, I actually started working in the medical field and I worked in the medical field from the age of 18 until about 2018. I was kind of burnt out and there's, you know, only so far you can grow within the medical field. Um, so I did sales previously, but coming into IT was completely new for me and my head spun for probably <laughs> a good year <laughs> before I grasped what, what I was doing. Right. Yes. And were you doing sales whenever you first started or? I was. Yeah. I joined the previous company. I was in sales and worked directly with customers. I learned a lot very quickly um, and that's what, you know, I loved it and continued on my path. Awesome. Well, um, so tell us like prior, I know you were, whenever we talked before, you were kind of telling us like the beginning of your journey mm -hmm. and um, just outside of work and, and who, how you built your character and who you are today. Tell us a little backstory. So I'm a single mom. I have two beautiful children. Um, my daughter just turned 19 and my son's 13. Um, when my son was born, I became a single mom quickly and all by myself. So I've kind of done everything for them. I've always focused on my kids and, you know, how I can better myself for them. And that's really my why as to where I've grown as a person. I love that. 
Kids will definitely do that to you. Yes. <laughs> a lot of work, but totally worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't know how I do it, but you know, get it done. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you were a full-time working mom with yeah. two kids mm-hmm. and I know that wasn't easy. No, it wasn't. Mom, I would say if it wasn't for my family, I don't think I could have done it without them. I definitely lean on them and family's everything to me. You know, my mom and dad, they live down the street from me. My sister lives across the street from me. So family is everything to me. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I've always wanted that. Yeah. It's it's amazing. <laughs> so and then so our, so already you were building that that character and the strength yes. that just comes within and you you had to do it no matter what. Like no you no matter what. You didn't have a choice. Failure is not and never will be an option. Right. I love that mindset. And so then you started, well, once you came to Imperium Data, am I saying that right? Imperium, Imperium Data. Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to like be saying the wrong thing. You once, got it. <laughs> so once you came to Imperium Data, that was how long ago? 2018, October 2nd, I was supposed to start the first and then my air conditioning went out. So <laughs> I was a day late, but I started in October, 2018. Isn't it funny? The things that we remember, right? yeah. like dates. Significant. And yes. Yeah, for sure. And then, so 2000, that was 2020 with the small business of the year. Yep. 2020, okay. small, we were up for small business of the year. Um, shot a lot of videos in the office. Um, contributed as much as I could. Um, fast forward, I was traveling in November of mm-hmm. 2020 to see a customer. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It was October, the end of October. And when I came back, uh, lo and behold, I got COVID. Mm-hmm. So it got me. <laughs> I wore a mask. I did everything I could have. Um, but I got COVID. Ten days later, I landed in the hospital for COVID. And I was there for probably four days. Um, but that's where my journey really got difficult and hard on me. Um, and my family, it wasn't already. Yes. So in the hospital, um, the nice doctor tried to tell me in so many words, Hey, we think you have cancer and it wasn't resonating with me. I kept saying, okay, so once I'm COVID negative, I'll be fine. And that went on for like 10 minutes. And then finally she says, okay, I'm just not going to sugarcoat it anymore. We think you have cancer. And I was like, what? You know, those are words that nobody ever, ever wants to hear, Um, especially being isolated and all by yourself. You have nobody there to comfort you, to talk to you, to, you know, even just say it's going to be okay, even though you don't know at that point. Um, So that's where my journey got really difficult. Um, And I had to take a step back and just reevaluate everything, Um, you know, and from there, I had to have lots of testing and medical things done. Um, and it was confirmed, I would say, actually, I had my biopsy the day before Thanksgiving. So all these dates are very mm-hmm. significant, I can remember. Um, I had my biopsy the day before Thanksgiving. Um, they went right through my sternum and I was awake for that. Wait, explain that. They took a 18 gauge needle. Actually, I'm sorry. It was a 10 gauge needle. It's about this long. And they basically stick it inside of your bone here. Then in the tube of the hollow needle, they take pieces of your tissue to uh-huh. test it. So it had to be um, a CT guided biopsy. Uh-huh. So I was awake for the entire procedure. Were you numb yeah. at least? No. They, no? Uh, no. Did it hurt? It did. Afterwards, it did not. So immediately after, um, I was still working at the time. 
I was in recovery and working for my phone and closing deals. I think that in, <laughs> yes, the, hospital. Girl, in the hospital, closing deals. I, I got a phone. I closed a phone order, a pretty large phone order that day. And wow. everyone's like, you're supposed to be recovering. <laughs> <laughs> I just love working. So it's, you know, for me, I was like, you know, well, I keeps your work. mind off of it, does. it right? Yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. If, you know, going through that and, you know, staying busy is probably what helped me out too. Um, but yeah, so I had that. And then the week after Thanksgiving, I got my biopsy results and it was confirmed that I did have Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, Hodgkin's lymphoma is a hematology cancer. So it's a blood cancer. Um, it affects your lymph nodes and it can grow, um, very rapidly and quickly. It's a very, um, I would say it's one of the most aggressive growing cancers, but it's the easiest to treat and it has the highest cure rate. So 95% cure rate. So once I knew that I kind of felt like I knew what I was dealing with and it was to me like, okay, what's next? Let's get it treated. Um, the only time I think I did get a little emotional when um, I talked to the oncologist for the first time, because it was so many things that I was just getting hit with all at once. So much information, testing, more doctor's appointments, more scans, more blood work. I think I've probably had more blood work that I could ever imagine in my lifetime, <laughs> just sure. from the start of being sick. Yeah. Right. So um, just going through all the motions to get started, um, I did get accepted into Moffitt Cancer Center uh, for treatment. So as soon as I got accepted, they had a treatment plan for me. Um, trying to think, December, I saw them in December for the first time, and then we wanted to get through Christmas. Um, didn't quite make it to New Year's, so I had my first chemo treatment on New Year's Eve. Oh. So I was sitting in the chemo chair, New Year's Eve, when everyone's celebrating right. and, you know, having a good time. But to me, I didn't mind. Right. I was excited to get started right. because I knew it was going to save my life. I was going to get through it. So I was really like, all right, let's get going. Let's get started. Mm -hmm. So you said accepted into Moffitt. Is there like an application? There, they to... don't take every patient. Okay. Just depends on the case and, you know, other factors. So I know even my pulmonologist from Baycare Hospital asked me, like, how did you get in Moffitt? So it's not everybody is, you know, lucky enough, I would say. Right. So I felt very, very lucky that I was accepted into Moffitt um, for treatment because, you know, they're one of the top rated hospitals in the entire country. Right. So they're in our backyard. Why wouldn't I go? Right. So, wow. Yeah. Thank God for them, too. <laughs> yeah. No. And could you go to those appointments with somebody or did you have to go by yourself? I did. So when I first started going, they allow you to take one person with you. And through that, um, they could go back and the doctors, you know, the doctor seeing you, they could come back. But when it was time for chemo and getting an infusion, they didn't allow anybody. So I had to do it all by myself. The first chemo treatment, <laughs> I'm Gosh. laughing now because I right. can, but at first I was, I did cry a little bit that time too, uh, because I didn't know what to expect. Right. Um, Scary. You know, I had few weeks before I had a chemo port place and it's right here in your upper um, chest area. That's where they administer the chemo and you get your treatments through there. And they kept asking me, is your port access? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> this is my first time. Right. So I, they had to like, I'm sorry. And she explained it to me. So um, what they do, you basically, they take a little needle. It looks like um, a thumbtack and they push that into you. And then it's like an IV 
through your chemo port and that's how you get your chemo medicine. Wow. So it's yeah. literally stuck here. Like it's stuck here. Time. I still have it. Yeah. Are you still? I still have it. I have to keep it for a year. Okay. Yes. Just in case. Just in case. Yeah. Okay. Cause with this cancer, it can relapse very quickly. Mm-hmm. So my doctor said I could have it out. And I said, well, if it was you, what would you do? And she said, I'd keep it for a year. So that's what I'm doing. Is, can you notice it? I mean, you can see it. Yeah. I mean, does it yeah. bother you? It doesn't bother me. I've actually grown to love it. Really? I have. At first, I hated it. Yeah. It hurt so bad getting it. Out of everything that I had done through my entire journey, the chemo port was probably the Just most support. It hurt. Really? It hurt. <laughs> I did not expect it to hurt. It hurt. Yeah. It was painful. Well, that's a symbol of your strength yeah. to know, right? Like it's like, it's a, like a badge. badge. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jinx. <laughs> a chemo badge. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, not, not a badge that you want, but you yes. have had I've to. Embraced it. Yes, I have embraced, embraced it. it. Um, so, you know, my first chemo treatment, um, it went, I don't want to say, I mean, I don't want to say it went well. It, I did better than I expected to. Um, just the unknown was scary to me. Mm-hmm. And once I had chemo, I'm waiting and waiting. I'm like, all right, when are the bad side effects coming? <laughs> um, I didn't really have um, the first one. I didn't really have a lot of side effects. Um, I would say the more treatments I had and, and when they started to accumulate, I did start to feel side effects mm-hmm. more. Um, the worst for me, I keep, I call it chemo brain. Um, your brain's foggy. You can't remember things. I kept repeating myself to my kids. <laughs> well, um, who doesn't? Right? <laughs> oh, no, it was a lot worse. Oh. <laughs> They're like, okay, mom, we'll make our bed. I got it. I got yeah. it. <laughs> so um, then I two weeks after my second infusion, that's the really only time that I did cry. Um, my hair started falling out and it fell out in clumps, mm. just massive amount of hair. My hair used to be dark and long, almost down to my waist. So to lose all your hair within a week was terrible for me. And I know it sounds really terrible to say this, but losing my hair was worse than when I found out I had cancer. It's just, for me, it was, it was Mm -hmm. a visual. It was so traumatic. It was so traumatic for me. And even now, you know, this is obviously not my hair. This is the good hair. This is a wig, (laughs) but you know, thank God that, you know, there's great wigs out there, but it is something that really still bothers me. Mm -hmm. Well, as a female too, it's like, I mean, we, we really not rely on our hair, but that's kind of part of us, part of you. In hindsight though. And I said this to my mom the other day, I said, you know, it's really terrible to lose your hair and the way you lose it. It's traumatic, but I would trade my hair to live any yes. day. Right. So I do know that. And I, I know, I know <laughs> it's temporary, but it, it really is very traumatic. The whole hair loss thing. I'm sure. So. And you, you rock the wigs very well I though. Know. Like they're beautiful. You, you look so good as a blonde. I'm really <laughs> jealous. I love it. I've always wanted to go blonde and never could because my hair is so dark and then it just falls out and breaks. So yeah, this is a good way to do something that you normally couldn't. Right. Yeah. So tell us about, um, how you like, like signs that you probably did have cancer, but didn't realize it. Yeah. Yeah. Ignored it because I think like, that's really important to to talk about and to share. Cause I don't, when you shared it with us earlier, we like had no idea that could have been a sign. Yeah. So, you know, I had a cough, you know, when I was younger, I had asthma. I've always had allergies. I had this persistent cough that was with me for 
six to nine months, I would say, I was getting sick, bronchitis, sinus infections, ear infections, and I've never been a sick person. So I was going to the doctor, doing everything they told me to do, getting allergy testing and, you know, nothing. Everybody kept saying allergies and asthma. My primary care, I kept going back to him. He's like, well, go see this specialist. And poor thing, he sent me to so many different specialists and nobody caught the cancer. Nobody did a chest x-ray because of the cough. Nobody did blood work um, for me. Then my white blood count was actually when I was in hospital for COVID, it was up to 15. It's supposed to be lower than nine or 10. So it was, it was really elevated. Um, You know, that was one of the signs that they're like, we think you have cancer. And I just was like, okay, (laughs) yeah, whatever. (laughs) When COVID's gone, I'll be fine. Right. Right. Um, Also too, when I, you know, I love to work out and I go to the gym five to six times a week. And previously when I would leave work, sometimes I'm like, Hmm, I'm tired. I don't feel like going to the gym today. And that's not like me. And I just chalked it up to being tired from work. And, you know, because with any job you have stress and, you you know, that's how I manage. But sometimes I'm like, I'm just tired and didn't go. But now that I feel good, I'm like, I I can't ever say that I'm tired Mm -hmm. from that. So in hindsight, I did see like I was fatigued and didn't know. Right. Yeah. Um, When you said coughing Mm -hmm. and I asked you earlier, like, what does that mean? Like if we were talking right now and you were coughing, what, you know, how many times did you cough? And what did you, what did you say? Every, every few sentences I would cough. I wouldn't be able to have a full on conversation for more than five minutes without coughing at least two or three times every day, all day long. (laughs) That makes me like, just want to breathe in and get some air. Oh, So, you know, when, you know, going to Moffitt, um, originally they thought I would have eight chemo treatments. Um, that was the deal. But with the size of my mass, um, they brought my case to the tumor board and the tumor board said, your mass is too big. We need to do 12 treatments. So I finished eight and thought I was done. And between eight, the eighth treatment um, that was supposed to be my last, I went out to dinner with my friends to celebrate one of my best friends. She was also going through chemo as well. Wow. So she has breast cancer and her and I finished chemo at the same time. Wow. So we're like, we're going to go to dinner. We're going to celebrate. <laughs> um, and that night I came home and I just felt really tired and shortness of breath and something. I wasn't sure. Maybe it was because I was out later than I normally am. I'm like, all right. So I went to sleep the next morning. I woke up and I felt worse throughout the day. I kind of felt like I was getting a fever. I took my temperature. I had a fever. So when you're going through chemo and you're immunocompromised, anything, you got to go to the ER. Mm -hmm. So I went to the ER and I had another setback. So I ended up with blood clots in both of my lungs. My goodness. Um, And on the scale there, you know, they classify them in three, like small, medium and large. And I had two very large blood clots in each lung. So if I didn't go to the hospital that night, I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. So it's that was very scary. Um, and while I was in the hospital and they tell me, you know, you got to get this treated right away. Um, I didn't think about what I had. I was like, all right, let's get treated. My daughter was with me at the time. She's like, mom, you have blood clots. Do you realize? I'm like, yeah, I I know. So she realized the severity of it, but me facing something like that, I was like, all right, let's just get it treated. And Mm -hmm. that was my thought process on getting through that until I was discharged from the hospital. That's when it hit me what I had. I was like, wow, that was probably the second time I cried (laughs) through the whole journey. Right. That's scary. Very scary. Very scary. I really like your, 
you know, you're just kind of thought process on, okay, this is wrong. Okay. How do we fix it? Mm -hmm. You know, you didn't freak out to dwell in it. You don't freak out at least initially, you know, like freak out later, Yeah, but like figure it out. Solution first and then worry about it later. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's valuable because I think a lot of people kind of stir in, in the issue or Mm -hmm. like, like me, sometimes I'll, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Procrastinate in it, right? Like you have an issue and then maybe you don't respond to it right away or you don't deal with it right away. I like how you just took it head on. You have to. Yeah. That's the best piece of advice I could give to anybody when it comes to your health. If something's wrong, jump in, get it treated. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. I know I understand some people like second opinions, but when it's something life-threatening, like a blood clot, just take care of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And you listen to your body too. Yes. If I didn't, and if I just went to sleep that Sunday night and just thought, okay, uh, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't be sitting here right now. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, hours away from dying. Yeah. So, so has that like, or what about that has changed your outlook on life or like, did it? (laughs) It's, I mean, Yes and no. I still, to this day, I'm in disbelief of what I went through. So I'm still trying to work through how to cope with what I went through. Um, I know Nick and Brian are trying to help me out with that. (laughs) Me taking time for myself and slowing down. And it's hard for me because I've always been like, let's go, let's get it done. Let's, you know, figure it out. But for me, it's, it's so hard to slow down Mm -hmm. and realize like what I went through. I'm a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. We all are. Yeah. Um, and with your kids, like with them, cause I'm sure it, it scared them and, and has yeah. changed some of their outlook or, um, I'm not sure my son, he, since he's younger, he doesn't really like to talk about it. Really, Some of his friends come over and one of them said like, Oh, you changed your hair. It looks pretty. And Aww. I was like, Isaiah, does he not know I have cancer? And he's like, I don't talk about it. Aww. Yeah. So he, he doesn't really talk about it, but He's, you know, he talks to me about it. Um, when he realized Hodgkin's lymphoma was cancer, I'll never forget it. We were sitting watching TV and a um, commercial for a medicine came on and it was talking about side effects and said, if you have cancer or Hodgkin's lymphoma, and he turned and looked at me and was like, you have cancer? And then he cried and I was like, my mommy heart. So that was, that was a hard time. My daughter, she does work in the medical field. So she was very aware, um, and she took great care of me. She actually took a job at the hospital to work at night <laughs> to take care of me during the day. So she, she's my, I don't, she's my rock. I don't even, you know, without her, she took care of me, took me to so many appointments at Moffitt, took care of me. And she would work 12 hour shifts at night and still be up during the day to take care of me. So she definitely had to grow up a little bit faster at 18 so. Well, you raised her well. Yeah. Yes. She's, she loves her mommy. Yes. Sounds like. So. Um, so now you're cancer free. I am cancer free. Right? Mm-hmm. I completed my last four treatments. July 3rd was my last chemo treatment. So very exciting. Yes, It was exciting. I did come back to work two weeks after, um, didn't really understand how to slow down and I'm still trying to work on that on slowing down and, you know, like I said, I'm a work in progress. It's an adjustment. It's very, I'm sure. very difficult. Yeah. And I didn't realize it until it was pointed out to me. 
right? Because it's you. It's just yeah. how you are. Mm-hmm. And so you're doing, you're in sales. So that's one of those yeah. roles where you have to yeah. go and... While I was out, um, the team did an amazing job of helping me and, you know, working for me and doing everything for me while I was gone. Because I was gone from November until July. Wow. You know, we got our big, beautiful office and I didn't see it. I couldn't step foot here. I couldn't do anything Um, between, you know, just with COVID and not really sure with, you know, the unknowns. I I didn't leave my house. Right. I didn't want to get sick. I Mm -hmm. don't blame you. Yeah. So, but it's finally good to feel good. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Well, you look great. I was so excited to meet you in person. Thank you. Um, you're such an inspiration. And um, thank you for Imperium Data for having us here in person. Thank you and, for coming. It's yeah. very exciting. This is your first offsite podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. I love coming and seeing your office and bringing all of our equipment here and seeing how the how that worked out because we weren't really sure but (laughs) i think it turned out great Um, make sure you guys subscribe and like and comment we really appreciate all the love and until next time live bold and boss up Looking for studios in the Tampa Bay area to record your podcast? Radio Influence can help. With two studios on either side of the bay, Radio Influence has you covered. Engineered and produced by longtime radio professionals, achieve the excellence in podcasting that you and your listeners deserve. For more information or to schedule studio time, email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. Radio Influence, the future is now.